Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me discord. Sunday, December 9th, at 10pm. The Longdale House sits a fair distance north of Arkham, in the small township of Chessencook. You arrive as the dark sky fills you with a sense of dread. The snow has fallen for the past several hours, and begins to look more and more alien as you drive through the quiet woods of the north. In the back seat, we see Cecilia leaning up against the window, her eyes closed as the bumpy road jostles her ever so slightly. Beside her, in the middle seat, Walt, trying to stave off, every once in a while jostling their head up, attempting to stay awake, and snoring loudly beside Walt is Teddy. Teddy, staining pie on the windowsill. Albert, you're driving this car down a long and quiet road. With each bump, you anxiously await your passengers to wake up. And then you see it. The turn off to St. Exubery Lane. The Longdale House lays at the end of a long, narrow, snow-covered dirt road, surrounded on either side by snow-covered pine trees. There's a stillness to the evening air as you arrive in front of the orphanage, which reveals itself to be a large, old building. Its jutting peaked roof is covered with snow. Its round windows personify the building, making it seem alive and, in your mind, sinister, as if it looms over you. You bring the car to a stop. I'll slap on the brakes. (laughs) Teddy's head slams into the seat. We're here. Everyone remembers the plan, right? You remember the plan. As long as we stick to the plan, we'll be fine. Uh, yeah, mm. apologies. I, I feel like a little groggy. How, how long was I out? I've just spent the last half hour spelling out the plan. Were you all asleep? Talking points, Albert. Just one more time. Just the high so everyone is on the same page. Okay, okay, look. There's been problems at the Paddock family, right, Mr. Paddock? There was a break in the house. He's been attacked... We think that there's someone with a vendetta against the family. Mr. Paddock was worried that there was going to be some reprisal against his his grandson here at the orphanage. Uh, We couldn't get hold of him on the phone, so we drove up here as fast as we could just to make sure everything was okay as friends of the family, as, as concerned friends. 
Thanks, Albert. Did we talk about um, how we're going to approach this? I think the best way to do something like this is let, let's just pretend we're already frightened by what we've seen. What, what's happening? That should be real easy to do because yeah. I don't know about the rest of you. I I am frightened by what I've seen. So we just use that, all right? We we bring that out. We we, we let ourselves be frightened in front of the staff here. If the stories don't quite match, if if we babble a bit, that's just going to help sell it. Uh, just as a point of clarification, when Leanne shows up, wh- what are we doing with her? We'll worry about that if and when it happens. I, I, honestly, at this stage, all I care about is getting that baby to safety. Agreed. Where are we relocating the baby to? Anywhere that's not here, because this is where Leanne... I mean, assuming we buy the idea that this is Leanne come back from the dead, which, yeah, between you and me, I think is just bullshit, but if... Let's just say that, that, you know, it is Leanne or it's someone who's trying to avenge Leanne or whatever, but they know that the baby's here, so we're going to make sure the baby's not here. Honestly... Wherever we take him, I would just be more comfortable if Eli were with us, given that we just know more about what's happening, or suspect we know more. I mean, I I think that's real noble, and I like it. I've just got two comments. One is, I don't know anything about looking after babies. You can see Teddy trying to chime in, like, reaching forward. (laughs) Second. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't. mm -mm. Second. That baby is is going to be the world's biggest trouble magnet, and I don't want to be carrying that around. I agree. I only meant that we can form a plan once we have Eli, as long as he's not just alone while all of this is going on around him. We're going in there with, I think, what's a pretty good story, mm-hmm. but we go in there saying that we're friends of the family and we're going to take the baby away, they might start asking a whole load more questions than if we just say, get the baby somewhere else safe. I see. I am so sorry, Albert. I think I'm still a little bit asleep. (laughs) Do you think it would help our cover if, uh, like, Cecilia and I were married? Um... I just for you know because if we're trying to pick up a baby, you know, bringing the baby Ted, home. Oh, to I think a, we're Ted, not trying to. Teddy, it Teddy, sounds like Teddy, we're mm. trying to make the story more believable. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> when you braked really hard, did the pie stay in the front seat there with you, Albert? I had a box pie to go. <laughs> Walt is riding bitch because there's a pie in the front seat. <laughs> okay. <Yes. laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I think I'm ready if, if you three want to practice your story or whatever it is, that's fine. But I'm I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, Teddy, I am so sorry. Can you just out loud tell us what it is that you have going on in your mind? How you think this is going to play out? Well, I was going to... If y'all were going to do a lot of talking and things, I was just going to go get the baby. No. Oh, I'm... No! No, <laughs> no. I think... Um, no. No. <laughs> Can I just spell out again all the reasons why that is a real bad idea? Right. No, more like a backup plan, I think. Uh, I'll, I'll follow your lead, Albert. I, you know, I can't remember whether they execute people for kidnapping in Massachusetts, but I, I, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd rather not find out the hard way. Okay. All right. Well, you know. Yeah, I'll follow your lead. That's fine. I'm not offended or anything. Okay. <laughs> 
You know, in New Orleans, they put babies in cakes. I think <laughs> Cecilia's going to make meaningful eye contact with Albert, being like, I will watch him. <laughs> I, I will watch Teddy. <laughs> oh, God. What is happening right now? Walt's getting out of this goddamn car. <laughs> yeah, Walt, as you exit into the still falling snow, you sort of... Climbing over Cecilia. Yeah, you tuck your, tuck your coat up around your neck to kind of shield from the wind. The Longdale House sort of sits in this large ring of trees, you know? You're really off the beaten path. The road up here was long and narrow and unshoveled. And uh, as you witness this house that sort of stands almost secluded in these woods, you see a set of small stone steps that lead up to the large double doors maybe a hundred feet away, and a sign next to it that reads, The Longdale House, established 1785. And while it is late, you do see a man shoveling snow off that walkway, just as the storm begins to whistle wildly outside the car. I'll, I'll, I'll wave at him frantically. Uh, 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 sir, sir, uh, you work here, right? You work here? Please tell me you work here. Yeah, you see the man he sort of wears a flat cap, and you see he's got lines in his face. He's an older man, and he sort of nods towards you and, and begins walking over. You, you work here, right, sir? Good evening. Uh, yeah, sir, sir. Oh, I'm, I'm real glad to see you, real glad. Uh, uh, who's in charge here? I, I know it's late, and I know most people are probably in bed, but w- we got an emergency. He sort of gives an eye to each of you. A little bit nervous, a little bit uncomfortable, maybe. Why don't you give me a psychology rule? Can anyone do that? Yeah, presuming you're all watching him. Maybe not Teddy, who's eyeing the pie in the front seat through the window. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to roll. Just like kind of looking roll. back at it, being like, oh, soon. Okay, that is 32 against 50, so an ordinary success. Excellent. I got, a, I got um, an 11 under 65, which is an extreme. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Albert, you sort of detect an air of uh, alarm, maybe concern coming from this guy as he's sort of looking at you. Uh, Cecilia, however, you you kind of read past that and see a fear in his eye. You're not sure what. Maybe it's the impending storm. Maybe it's just the fact that four random people have arrived late at night. But there's definitely a sense of, of fear in this man. And he kind of looks at you, Albert, and says, What kind of emergency? I, I don't mean to be rude to you, sir, but uh, who's in charge here? We, we best speak to them. The headmistress O'Connor. She'd be in charge. Uh, I, I know it's late and she's probably asleep, but would you, would you be good enough to wake her up for us? Like I say, this is an emergency. I, I, I wouldn't ask if it wasn't important. He kind of looks towards the Longdale house and back to you. I don't think she'd be asleep. Uh, where do we find her, then? Inside. Well, thank you. And I guess I'll go over towards the front door. He seemed scared of something. He seemed to be afraid of something. Did you notice that? I guess we've just driven up in the middle of a snowstorm, saying there's an emergency. That might have spooked him, but... Yeah, maybe... Maybe we're not the first to arrive here. Can... Walt, do just a quick glance around the area. If this is fresh snow that's fallen, do I see bare footprints? No, you don't see any footprints. No, you just see this man. Uh, and as you're walking up, he sort of stares at you. Again, with that same look. He's sort of watching you. You notice now that he's shoveled sort of most to the front of the house, but maybe not the last two feet towards the front door. You don't think too much of it, but maybe Cecilia carrying over your psychology, 
it almost seems purposeful that he didn't get too close to the house. Interesting. It doesn't seem like he's... I mean, this presumably is his job, but he hasn't shoveled all the way up, and he's all the way down at the other end of the, of the drive here. You suppose maybe if Leanne got here, he's too frightened to get near that? No, even then, if that were the case, should he just run? Do you think we should lock the car or the pie's still in there? You knock on the door and hear the empty reverberation of that knock echo in wooden halls within. You wait a long moment. Again, the wind whipping around you, the snow falling heavily now. You look back once again, Cecilia, as the snow kind of falls in thick flakes, and you can almost see him for another moment. I- I'll, be, I'll be right back, um, and she'll walk back over to him. Oh, good. She's going to lock the car. We're okay. Um... I'm so sorry, uh, we didn't catch your name. Edgar. Edgar, I'm Cecilia. Um, I'm a, a nurse at Our Lady of Sorrows in Arkham, General. I know it well. <laughs> it is, it oh, is my the, cousin the works one. there. Do you know, do oh. you know Nicholas? <laughs> I do. No, he, he works, uh, okay. uh, well, there's a lot of Nicholases that work at the hospital, as it turns out. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, I... You seem troubled. Um, is there anything that, that we can do? I know that it's strange for us to just kind of come up here unannounced so late in the evening. And he sort of, again, he, he stares at you for a moment. You, you kind of get the impression that maybe he's biting his tongue a little bit, holding back. And after a deep breath out, he kind of says, You should leave this place. Um, Why? The man who ran this place never sat well with me. In the 30 years I've worked here, I've never seen him genuinely torn up by a death when they carted them out. When he left this place, it was the best day of my life. But I don't dare go inside again. The... the man who owned it was... was killed? I, I shouldn't say. These woods... they have ears. He sort of glances around to the woods. I, I don't want to make you um, say or do anything that would make you uncomfortable. We're here because we think that there's a, a young child that might be in danger, and we want to make sure that nothing happens They're to They're all in danger. Do you think that there's a killer on the loose? Give me a persuasion roll. Or a oh, charm. No. Or some sort of... Oh, God. Something that's like, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Punch him. Yeah, definitely punch him in the gut. <laughs> I don't want to make you do anything you're not comfortable with and just like sock him right, right in the face. Sucker punch. punch. <laughs> if she offers the pie, could she get a bonus <gasps> die? Hey! Absolutely. In fact, we, I insist. <laughs> we do have some pie. Um, maybe that can help. Food often. <laughs> I haven't eaten in 12 years. I did fail. I'm trying to figure out if, if it's worth. <laughs> at the same time, Teddy looks at the other two and says, I, I just got this really bad feeling. Like, something awful's happened. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, steadies himself. He, like, puts his hand on Albert. He's like, yeah, whoa. Exactly. Watching his heart. <laughs> Did you feel that? <laughs> something just went wrong in the world. <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I failed. Yeah, okay. He just he just looks around again and looks at you, and he's like, there's nothing good here. Well, I, I appreciate the warning. I, I, we just... We we ha- we can't run simply because there's danger. Again, there's a child that that we think 
might be in harm's way, so... Um, but thank you for your help. And as you, like, go to leave, he sort of stops you. And he's like, hold on. And he reaches into his pocket, and he pulls out a necklace. And he hands it to you. And it's got sort of an odd symbol on the end that you don't quite recognize. It, it's similar to a cross, but it's sort of got a circle around it. And uh, the, the ends are tapered. They're sort of sharp, rather than the, the typical sort of ended wood cross. Just take this. It might keep you safe. What is it? Protection. I think she might just take a risk here. She looks at the, the necklace. She looks up at her friends um, by the door. She looks back at this guy. Aw. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> you said friends. She looks up at her friends, and Teddy's also there. And she looks back at this guy. <laughs> uh, and she says, we might need it. One of the reasons we think that the child might be in danger is because we found what looked like a ritual that had been performed. Something dark and and evil seems to be at play. His eyes turn to slits. And he says, There's a spirit that walks these woods. I've seen it. A shadowy figure. The children of this place. Check the attic. You'll see. I need to leave. And he sort of turns and walks away into the snowy woods. Thank you so much for your help and for this. And then she'll go back up to the group. Um, and I think she'll kind of just explain everything that just happened and show them all the necklace. Hey, guys, how much do you think this is worth? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we can get for this? How many pies? Do you tell us about the pie? Yeah. <laughs> she will be on the verge of mentioning that she was able to get some of this information because of the pie and then like look at Teddy and, and leave that bit out. Okay. So we were talking, and the pie is absolutely fine and still there. <laughs> Great. And also, here's a necklace. In the back, you see um, nom, 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 delicious pie. <laughs> <laughs> Can Teddy look at the necklace? As we've established, Teddy's an expert on both the occult and Cthulhu mythos. Of course, yeah. Um, just to see if it means anything to him? Yep, let's do it. Um, oh, wow, I rolled a two. I would have <gasps> passed Cthulhu mythos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Extreme success. Yes. Indeed. Okay, okay. Yeah. Teddy. Is this mine? This is familiar. <laughs> Strangely familiar. Teddy, as you hold this odd little trinket in the palm of your hand, there's an odd sense of familiarity around it. This symbol you've seen in one of your texts, but not in a traditional iconography type, you know, not literature that just discusses iconography, but rather the description of it seems to match a story that you once read. It was in an old paperback witches and wizards sort of dime novel. And as you struggle to recall the exact specifics of it, something about a spirit of the woods sort of lingers on your tongue. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I talked to Miss Pennington about this. Um, this this has something to do with uh, like a figure in the woods, so Cecilia. So I think that it's all related. But how would he get this? How would he get this? Uh, this is... I'm not sure, but he seems to think that everyone in this orphanage is in trouble. I I think you should wear this, Cecilia. Why me? 
I think you have the most uh, life ahead of you, right? So the most potential, maybe? I, I don't know if that's true. I just want you to be happy. Okay. With or without me. I'm, mm. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just think you should wear it. Maybe we just leave it at that. Teddy, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your concern. Um, yeah. If I get the baby, we'll give it to the baby. You know what? Let's just hold on to this for now, um, and then, Albert. I'm sorry to have uh, to have distracted us from from our purpose, but um, we can go. I, it's okay. Go. I'm just waiting for someone to answer the door. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah so the yes. Oh. You've been standing here waiting, and you maybe knocked two or three more times, but there's been no answer, Albert. I don't like this. Can I try the knob? Is it locked? Yeah, it seems to be unlocked. Oh dear. Oh. Well, it's like a church, right? They just kind of leave it open. I don't think that's all night. True. Mm. Is that the door creaking? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good door creak. I don't need sound effects now. I'll just put that in. <laughs> um, well, we have we have the protection uh, from the spirit of the woods, so I think we we'll, we should go in. Albert, uh, I said I'd follow your lead. Yeah, I, um, I'm revising my plan here because initially I just did want to speak to someone here, but now I'm beginning to think that something's gone very wrong. We've lost the element of surprise by knocking on the door. I guess we just go in there. But I think it might be safest to to split up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, the look on Walt's face. Because the last time we split up worked out so well for him. The look on Walt's face. That's a good idea, Albert. The only way we haven't paired off is you and me together. So I think we should all stick together. (laughs) (laughs) For safety. Perfect. (laughs) Look, I think maybe two people go round the back and just see whether there's a back door, another way in there, where we can keep some degree of surprise, just in case there is something bad happening in here. And maybe two people, ones who aren't used to sneaking around so much, go in through the front where we've already made a noise. Yeah, that works. Yeah, he looks I, at Cecilia. Come on, sweetheart, let's go around the back. And he <laughs> is already ushering her and going that direction. Great. Yes, great. Make sure you have the protection as if you're going to walk outside. Uh, okay, I've got it. Thank you. Okay. All right, Albert. Good idea. Uh, let's. Uh, maybe we should stay real close so that if it gets dark, we can find each other. Like, I'll be your light, you know, kind of thing. Now, that's a song. I'll be your light. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the outro, be the outro to the series. <laughs> Just Teddy, like, like, re- like electric piano, like, boom, like a Phil Collins-esque, yeah. I'll oh be your God. light. <laughs> Done. Uh, Perfect. I, um, the only way you'll be her light is if someone sets fire to you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> All right, good pairs. Let's uh, investigate. I'm really good with this. Perfect. So, yeah, Cecilia and Walt, you start heading around the left side of the building, right side of the building. The right side. You notice along the side of the building that the snow is getting very high around here. Obviously, it hasn't been shoveled, so your movement is really impeded as you start trudging through the deep snow. Meanwhile, Teddy and Albert, you enter the front door of the Longdale House. Yeah. It's a little toasty in here. And you're greeted to a very dark entry hall. You see a door on the far side of this long, rectangular room, and four doors, two on each side. 
as well. So five doors leading out of this room. And uh, as you shut the door behind you and shake off the snow, you're greeted to that sort of wind beyond the walls, you know, the creaking of the house. It sort of settles in around you and begins to feel more comfortable as opposed to the biting wind outside. Uh, hello? Is anyone here? Your voice echoes loudly in the entry hall, sort of reverberates, and you recognize now that against the wind outside, which seems to be whistling quite loudly, it may have carried your knock originally, and you see it all of a sudden, a light from the door to your right. There's a large paned glass window that as it becomes illuminated from behind, you see the words front office written on it in elegant writing. It swings open, and you see, suddenly, an older nun standing before you. She holds a lantern, and she looks at you with anger. What are you doing here? We did knock. We, we knocked several times. She walks up towards you, and she's a, a short, mousy-looking woman with fierce eyes. Her face is in a constant sort of state of being pursed. You see the lines on her face stretched thin with anger. And she stares up at you from her short stature. She looks up at you and says, Come with me right now, calling out like that in the middle of the night. Fools. I'm sorry, sister. Quiet. Come with me. And she turns around and she leads into the front office. She reminds me of Cecilia. I think we should follow her. I like strong women. (laughs) Meanwhile, Cecilia and Walt, you are pushing through the deepening snow, and on the outside of the right of this building, you know, there are windows maybe five or six feet up. Along this wall, maybe seven windows all along the side of the building. All of them seem pretty dark from out here, but to the right, a couple hundred feet off, it's a large snow-filled field and then the tree line. And as you move through the whistling snow, you sort of fight the urge, Cecilia, knowing what the groundskeeper said about the woods, to, to look at them. And, and you catch yourself in a particularly difficult stretch when Walt, maybe leading the way, is sort of stuck and trying to move. You just glance towards the tree line, just for a moment. And your eyes linger. At first, you're not sure if it's just a shadow between the trees, or maybe it's the moon cutting through the clouds off in that direction, but something seems to almost flicker with light deep within the trees to the right of you. As soon as she sees it, she's going to reach out um, and and kind of grab Walt's arm, and then if Walt turns, she will point in the direction of where she ever, where she saw that. What is it? Did you see that? No, what is it? There's a like a flicker of light out there. And he'll be very intentional about just giving the wood line in his view just a very, very thorough scan. Yeah, give me a um, spot hidden roll. Uh, hard success. He's looking, looking. Yeah, your eyes sort of linger in the woods as well and to where you see Cecilia pointing. And I kind of imagine at this point as the wind picks up, the two of you are almost shouting a little bit. Like, you know, the wind's kind of catching you and the snow's whipping around you. And you see in the direction of Cecilia's point this flicker again but it's not one the way Cecilia saw it's actually two and they're pulled back and rather far apart and even though they're light you see now with your intentioned gaze that they almost have a yellowish tint 
not the blue white of the moon, but almost like a pale sun deep within the woods. But again, they only flicker. Why don't you both give me a sanity roll? Oh. <laughs> yes. Success on the sand. Big one. Same. Two points of sanity lost. Uh, he's going to narrow his eyes into the distance looking at this light, and he's going to say in a very intentional voice, Cecilia, put the damn necklace on. I think she will do it. She'll sense the, the like, intensity, um, and she'll just she'll put it on. And let's go. And he is going to attempt to double time this march through this snow. Should, do you don't you don't want to go see what that is? Oh, the look he just gives you. <laughs> oh <I'm> sorry, I... <laughs> man! <laughs> oh. We, okay, we can go. Yeah. Teddy and Albert, you're sitting on a couch in the front office, being berated by a short woman. And at ten o'clock in the evening. My God, what is wrong with the two of you? And as she's kind of finishing or winding down her tirade, another woman enters. She's a little taller, a little kind and gentler in the face. She walks over, also carrying a lamp, and sets it down at the table. And you see now you're in the front office of sorts. There's three desks, papers stacked high. There's another door leading off of this room to the north. Uh, and the two of you, sort of like children, are, are being shunned by these two as this other one approaches and says, It's all, it's all right, Mary. Um, hello, my name is, is Anne O'Connor. I am the headmistress. Miss O'Connor, it's good to meet you. Uh, we did try calling your head, but I don't know if the storm's taking your telephone lines out. How can I help you, two gentlemen, this evening? Uh, has anyone told you what happened at the Paddock residence? The Paddock residence? Well... And she sort of shares a look with Mary, the other one she introduced. And you kind of know as, as one of the headmothers, this being the headmistress, she looks back and says, Well, we're aware of of the young Leanne's death and, and the child, of course. No, I mean today with the attack. And there's been a murder. I'm sorry, no. We're friends of the family, and we're worried that... We're still putting the pieces together, but from what we've managed to piece together from Leanne's father and the circumstances of what was really quite a, a grisly death, we think that someone has, shall we say, an unhealthy interest in young baby Eli... And we came here as quickly as we could just to make sure, just to make sure he's safe. Uh, What I really wanted was to try to find out whether there's anywhere else you could take the baby where someone who's looking for him, someone who knows about his connection to the orphanage might not know to look for him because I think he's in danger here. Anne O'Connor... The headmistress sort of sits on one of the desks, you know, kind of just rests a little bit. And she's an older woman, you know, not, you know, maybe maybe 50s, and sort of looks at you and sort of says, Well, that's quite the tale. So you believe that little Eli is in danger? Someone might try to come here to take him or hurt him? I, I can't promise that that's the case, but there's been enough bad stuff that's happened today that I'm concerned, and I think it's best to be safe when it comes to the well-being of an infant, don't you? Of course. Nothing's more important to us than the well-being of an infant. Well, 
What would you like? What are you suggesting? I don't know, look, I, I, like I say, I'm a, a friend of the family and I, I don't know anything about looking after babies. I, I'm not here to offer to take the baby away with me because, well, you, you don't know me from Adam anyway, but I wouldn't know what to do with him. But you must have other places where it would be safe to look after him that aren't here. And uh, the head mother, Mary, sort of sneers at you and says, What do you mean this place isn't safe? And the headmistress sort of calms her and says, Mary, please. She turns back and says, Well, we don't have uh, an off-site location to keep children safe, if that's what you're implying, uh, Mr... Um Bruckner, Mr. Bruckner. Uh, no, uh, look, I'm, I'm not suggesting that you got another sight. What I'm saying is there must be someone you trust, someone who maybe has worked here or someone who has helped you out, who lives in the area who you do trust to look after a baby for a while while we just make sure nothing bad is going to happen to him here. Right, right, well... Excuse the um, line of questioning, but <laughs> you arrive here at, well, after 10 p.m. Uh, all the children are more or less asleep, hopefully, uh, requesting us to uh, give the child away to someone who would take care of them, and, and then by your own admission say that you are not that person. Uh, who do you suppose we should um, do that? to. Uh, we have no vehicles. It is a snowstorm outside, of course. What I suggest maybe is one of you come with us with the baby. You tell us where to take him and we go there together and you can make sure that little Eli is, is safe wherever it is that you think he's going to be safe. And, and if trust is an issue, I am a florist. Wonderful. And, and Mr. Bruckner, what is it that I, you do? I know how to take care of delicate things. Uh, I, I'm a traveling salesman. Right, right, right. Okay. And is it just the two of you here? Yes. Yes. So, Albert, you're a traveling salesman. You seem like an upstanding gentleman. Let me pose a question to you. You're in my position. Two men show up near the dead of night and uh, make claims that a child is in danger. You don't trust these men. You don't know who they are. And frankly, their presence makes you very uncomfortable. What would you do in my situation? I think your caution and your suspicion is healthy. And uh, honestly, I'd, I'd be more worried if you weren't suspicious of us. Well, that's at least a little bit of framework that we can start building something on. Meanwhile, Cecilia and Walt, you're pushing around the outside of the house. You're coming around the edge, and again, at the back of the house, you see those woods off to the far north. And as you come upon the back of the house, you see there is uh, a back door to this place as well. He has never been more relieved to see a back door. Yeah, you push your way in. The storm blows the doors open behind you a little bit. Cecilia and you push yourselves in, snow falling on the dining room. 
You turn around and shout, and again you see the still quiet now, the creaking of the building echoing around you in this long dining room hall. To either side of the hall you see stairs leading up. There's a double door just before you as well as long hallways alongside those stairs uh, to the left and the right of this room. And there are tables, long sort of picnic-like tables with chairs stacked upside down on top of each other and a woman stacking them. She puts sort of the last chair, stares at you for a moment, sort of frozen with what you can only assume is fear. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Kill her. Kill her. <laughs> oh, we, we tried knocking around the front and, and no one answered, so we came looking for another way in. Give me a fast talk roll. Ah, oh, mother. Well, actually, no, because that's true, so give me a persuasion. I mean, nice, because I did roll a 69, but that is not nice in that it is a fail. Oh, shit. Yeah. This woman is dressed in sort of the nun garb. She is fairly young. She's got blonde hair sort of peeking out from under her hat. She stares at you frozen, and as you say that, she sort of begins shaking. Oh. And almost against her best ability, she lets out a small scream. Which oh echoes goodness. into the dining hall. Uh-huh. And she sort of stumbles back a little oh, bit. Oh, I am so hey. sorry. No, oh. I'm so sorry. Sweetheart, no, stop. Teddy and Albert, you are sitting on the couch in front of the two women. And as the headmistress sort of finishes her questioning, says, At least that's a little bit of common ground we can start building some framework on top of. A sharp scream echoes out from down the hall. And her eyes go wide. And the two women run out of the room. Oh, there's trouble. We, we, we knew it. Uh, we'll follow them, right, Albert? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wanna. The two women enter the dining room to see Cecilia, Walt, and their other sister. She is stumbling back. The young sister sort of says, Hey, hey mother, hey, hey mistress. They, 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 came, they came in the back door. I, I, and the older woman, the headmother, stares daggers while the headmistress sort of holds her hands up in a calming nature and just says, All right, all right, everyone, just take a break. She walks over to the young Claudette as she says, Claudette, puts a hand on her and helps her up from stumbling in the chairs. So you're not alone, I, I presume, Mr. Bruckner. You well, Teddy's an idiot, so he's going to point at the two of them and go, It's the killers! <laughs> Uh, and, and then I think hearing her say that, Cecilia will say, oh, uh, Teddy, please, now is not the time for jokes. We are so sorry. Um, <laughs> we were waiting in the car and um, and we we thought that this would we thought this was taking too much time. And so we thought we would come in and and, um, you know, see if we could help if what was going on. And the angry older one says, through the back door. It was unlocked. We tried knocking on the front door and, and there was no answer. And um Maybe we should have knocked louder, but... Give me a fast talk roll. God damn it. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Fuck am I doing this to myself? Oh my God, this is gonna be bad. Okay, here I, we go. I, I, I love the fact that you're traveling with two professional liars. Yeah. <laughs> and you're doing yes. all the bullshitting. <laughs> Rolling all the fast yeah, talk. This is not, not well planned. I think she's flustered because she's used to being a caregiver. Okay, I'm going to spend some luck to make this a regular success. Um, okay. And I'm going to do math to figure out how much I need to do. Okay, but yes. I don't want to brag, but I think Teddy and Cecilia might have been the best team. I, oh, God. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> Yeah, so regular success. Perfect. On the fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The headmother sort of squinting at you sort of laxes her eyes a little bit, and the headmistress sort of says, All right, all right. 
It doesn't matter. Look, please, the children are sleeping. Let us head back to the head office, discuss this calmly. And the young sister, Claudette, sort of looks up, frightened, and the headmistress says, They're here uh, for concern for a child. Let, let us let us speak like normal people. And she leads you all back to the front office. Why did she look at me when she said that? <laughs> like normal people. <laughs> It's okay, Teddy. It's okay. No, you're fine. It's okay. I'm sorry about the killer thing. I didn't know what to do, I thought, because Albert had lied to them earlier. Oh, I think we, maybe we should... Yeah, okay. The four of you are now sat on a couch, uh, very tight together, and uh, the three women, the younger one sort of now sitting in the back, sort of just calming herself, the angry one sort of with her arms crossed, and the headmistress sort of pacing a little bit. As they were walking there, I think I think Cecilia was very apologetic to the, to Claudette specifically. I'm so sorry. We did not mean to scare you. I'm okay. so sorry. It's okay. I, I'm 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 a little nervous. It's it's just my uh, my way. I'm very timid. I'm I'm new here. I've only been here a short while. So, the headmistress Anne O'Connor says, "All right. So, you're here for little Eli. You're worried about him being in danger. I can promise you that's not the case. Would you like to see him?" That's not really our priority. I, I, I can't speak for the others here, but honestly, like I said before, we are not the right people to look after baby Eli. If you say he's well here, you're, you're the experts. You know how to look after children. What would we know if we went to look at him and uh, that, that he, we can't just tell from what you're telling us now? I would agree. I guess what I'm trying to get at is, how can we have you four fine people leave this place tonight in a way that allows you to feel that we've heard you, but also makes us feel safe that you won't harm us or the children? We, we're not here to harm anyone. Well, you have lied about who and how many have been here, and I am concerned that perhaps you're not being entirely honest about all the reasons you're here as well. We... And the angry mother sort of nods. And Claudette sort of nervously looks towards you for. You must understand. We have a number of ex-parents or people who think they're entitled to these children come over the years. Now, the vast majority, no. We take in unwanted children, those who have been orphaned, occasionally those like in Eli's case. But we do get the rare instance of people coming in here. And we are used to dealing with folks who are going through tremendous amounts of stress and pain and anguish. And that is why I am attempting to be as calm and collected about all of this as possible. Mary here, less so. And she's sort of... Ma'am, I greatly appreciate everything that you're doing here. If you could give me just one, and then he is going to look over to Albert. If they're all sitting on a couch, he's going to kind of lean over. He's not whispering as much as he is just directing his attention at Albert. Um, one, laying eyes on the baby might not be a bad idea. At least if nothing else to verify wellness and that he's actually still here. Two, I don't think we have a lot of time. Sure. There's something happening in the woods. And I'm going to repeat, I don't think we have a lot of time. Something happening in the woods? Yeah, Cecilia and I saw it on the way in. The angry mother just sort of like... What's going on in the woods? I'm not too sure what you mean by that. There's snow falling. It is a quiet night, I believe. Is there any um, other establishment or building or residence within sight that you would be able to see lights from through the woods on? And then she'll point in the direction that side of the orphanage. Kind of all three of the women sort of share a confused look. No. Okay. 
it could be a lantern. Um, uh, we, we, so, yeah, we saw we saw some lights, and so um, a re- if there isn't an obvious explanation why there would be lights there, it could be that someone is currently heading towards this this building. Oh, you know, it could be Edgar. We have a groundskeeper. No, 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 no. We saw him out front. We we met Edgar earlier. He's he's out front. Right, right. Well, I don't know what that could be. You obviously seem concerned, and I... Regardless of what else you're willing to believe, little Eli's father was murdered today, and in a way that... uh, I I didn't see it myself. Uh, uh, Teddy, do you want to describe what you saw? He looks very surprised at being called on, and says, um... He's just going to describe what he saw from Tim Horton or whatever. The, you know, Tim Hortons, uh, the, the boyfriend, <laughs> you know, Eddie when you Horton. go into a cherry pie, you just peel it open. That's how he looked. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, I'm going to I'm going to describe like how he was basically mutilated in the abdomen. And it, it looked like a ritualistic killing something. Yeah, I think like the headmistress is going to cut you off. She'd be like, that, that, that's that's quite enough. Yeah. And like the other one is like, dear Lord. I'm sorry that was graphic. And let me just say that you you may think some of us are slick talkers and trying to pull the wool over your eyes, but what you got to bear in mind here is Teddy is an idiot and couldn't lie to save his life. Well, Albert, well said. Um, Claudette, was it? Can, can we go and just lay eyes on the baby? Claudette is sort of the younger, timid one. She's like sitting on a chair by the door and she sort of looks up and the headmistress sort of looks at her and looks back towards you and just says, It is not Teddy I'm concerned about. Mr. Bruckner, you told a fib when you arrived here and I believed it. That's what I'm concerned about. He's a he's a compulsive liar. I, we should, okay. I should have it told you. It matters not. Sorry. It matters not. Listen, you're here to check on the welfare of the baby. That is completely allowed. You're allowed to lay eyes on the child. That's fine. Walt stands up because the more we discuss this, the more whatever is in the woods is getting closer and he's on a clock at this point. Headmistress, there is uh, something else that we haven't told you. Um, Why am I not surprised? You have to understand that this is all extremely confusing and alarming, and the nature of all of this is... is It's hard for us to know who and what to trust. Leanne's body is missing. That, combined with the nature of the, the killing of the father, it seems very intentional, very targeted. And that's why we're concerned that Eli might be the next individual that will be harmed by whoever it is that's doing this. I don't believe you. But I believe that your concern is real. We care for these children. We've dedicated our lives to doing such. And because of that, I'm allowing four random people who have lied to witness a child that they claim is not theirs. I want you to understand that because what I'm going to ask next may be met with some resistance, and I want to ensure that it won't be. To ensure there are four of you, to ensure that you won't snatch this child or harm him in any way, I would appreciate the keys to your vehicle to hold on to for the time being. I'm sorry, we have valuables in the car. I don't think we can do that. <laughs> I knew you could say that. Um, I, Albert will weigh this up for a moment. And then just sigh and put the keys on the table. Thank you. And she scoops them up, puts them in her pocket. You said that you are used to having parents or family members. 
who perhaps either want the children back or wish ill on on them or you. On rare occasions, yes. So you must have some kind of process or procedure that you go through when that happens to ensure the safety of the children and yourselves. All I ask is that you get ready to institute that procedure now, because I do think that Eli is in danger, and I think that maybe, maybe everyone else is as well. Very well. Headmother, please lock the doors. I will ensure that the side exits and entrances are sealed. Claudette, would you please take these four to Eli? And she sort of stands up and brushes her dress down and says, uh, Of course. Uh, please, please follow me. She picks up sort of a oil lamp and heads out into the hall. And Mary sort of sneers at all of you as you walk past. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our Wolf Pack at patreon.com slash Slade, or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there.